Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Everything Kratom, the podcast about anything and everything Kratom. Great to have you with us on this Friday morning, hoping all is well with you. Today, we have a very special guest from the European Kratom Alliance. I am super excited for this conversation because we're going to be getting some insight into Europe for the first time from somebody who's on the ground there. And I'm just fascinated to learn about them and their work and the European Kratom Alliance as a whole. So please stick around. We'll be back in 30 seconds and we'll dive into the Kratom situation on the ground in Europe. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Jakub, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Jamie. No, it's really a pleasure for me to be over here and also uh, it will be pleasure to, let's put it this way, uh, share our side of the story, what's happening with Creighton in uh, Europe. Because the situation over here looks very bleak at times, sometimes, but we have a first ray of hope that we might be able to see some regulation of Creighton in uh, coming months. Wow, that's fascinating. I So I am just, you know, I started this podcast back in August last year. So I've just been starting to follow the details of Kratom legislation in the U.S. Now I'm learning about Europe and it's a whole nother thing. So I was thinking, you know, if you're all right with it, if you could just give people a bit about your background, tell you about yourself a little bit and how you came to be with the, the European Kratom Alliance. All right. Uh, well, uh, about my background, uh, I am a person who is political in our organization, so to say. Uh, so uh, generally, uh, I am a person who graduated three different universities, and I have technically four uh, different degrees. My first degree was in political science uh, in 2011 from University of Warsaw. Uh, where I am originally from. Uh, then my second degree is from Maastricht University. Uh, that's the south of the Netherlands. Uh, I graduated here my second undergrad with uh, European law. And finally, in 2019, uh, I did a double master uh, with public policy and human development from United Nations University Merit. It might sound fancy, but it's basically just another school at uh, Maastricht University that has accreditation from the UN. And uh, what is a funny coincidence, I have to say, is that uh, I started working actually uh, for European Kratom Alliance uh, more or less around the same time when you started podcast. So it would be more or less uh, you know, August last year. 
it was uh, the time when uh, in the Creighton community here in Europe uh, there were rumors about WHO uh, tra- uh, attempting to prohibit Creighton internationally and uh, frankly nobody uh, knew what's going on like nobody knew what's going on or what's gonna happen and uh, because I was the only person that uh, some Kraton people knew uh, who understands more or less how international uh, institutions work and also how the government work and how to communicate with the government uh, eventually I just uh, introduce them with a very short project what needs to be done and over there I was hinting very heavily at, create, at creation of a trade association that would be defending uh, interests of Kraton consumers and also vendors in the European Union as well as establishing some uh, standards like uh, good manufacturing practice for Creighton because we are still missing that on European continent and uh, like the need of European legislation is slightly different than uh, well, let's say you know, what you can get in KCPA in the United States like we will have to draft a completely new legislative proposal uh, in order to appease uh, our regulators in the European Union and also in the national governments that we will talk a little bit about that later on yeah like generally i remember like last august it was a panic like in terms of uh, everybody was freaking out what's gonna happen now with Creighton as such if it's going to be banned or not what should we do what shouldn't we do and so eventually uh, i was invited for a meeting i brought a two-pager i remember and after that, uh, uh, one of the guys uh, that is the co-founding uh, European Creative Alliance asked me if I want to uh, lead the project. I said yes, and that's how it started. Officially, we founded uh, European Creative Alliance at the beginning of December uh, because of the uh, legislative paperwork preparing and also gathering different Kraton vendors from all over Europe. There are not that many countries. However, the difference between, say, USA and uh, Europe is that the Kraton market is very diffused. Mm. And we are still learning about new vendors pretty much popping in left and right in different countries of European Union where Kraton is still legal. Yeah, yeah that's because like, mm-hmm, yeah, like the biggest concern uh, for uh, people who are consuming kratom and also for people who are selling kratom uh, are national prohibitions. Mm-hmm. Because so whenever we are discussing uh, this from the standpoint of say American legislation, in American legislation, uh, you guys have a little bit more relaxed. Right. Like whenever a product is released on the market, it can be released without any testing or with very minimal testing. Mm-hmm. And eventually later on, it will be regulated uh, by the state or by the federal government. In Europe, the situation is uh, drastically different. First, the product needs to undergo a lot of different tests 
in order to be uh, let on the market and then eventually uh, we can uh, uh, sell it uh, for human consumption but the reality is uh, that officially whenever we are selling kratom in europe uh, there's not a single european country with exception of nordics uh, where kratom would be allowed for human consumption but then again in scandinavian countries uh, kratom is considered a heavily regulated substance uh, so the problem is that you need the doctor's prescription over there uh, in the rest of Europe, it's very much a different story because it also depends if we are talking about countries that are member states of European Union or if we are talking about outside of the EU. So, no, that really varies, so to say. Wow, that's so interesting. I, I had a feeling that the situation was completely different than the US, but I had no idea. I mean, the layers there, even just the aspect of to introduce any sort of product for human consumption it basically almost starts off it illegal till it can be proven that it's something that can be legal it's kind of like the opposite <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah like generally when it comes to regulatory framework in europe uh, we have a lot of different requirements especially uh, for uh food like you know products or anything that is uh uh, or anything that is allowed for human consumption. Otherwise, uh, we are unable to sell it, or eventually we can sell it, but not for human consumption or as something else. So, for example, when it comes to Kratom under European legislation, uh, Kratom is uh, uh, legal as an ingredient for cosmetics. So, for example, uh, it's okay to make different cosmetics that have contact with skin, but whenever it comes to human ingestion, that's completely uh, illegal. And depending on that, how we want to resolve it, we have a couple of different ideas how we want to do it, but still it's going to take us some time because as the organization, we are fresh. Basically, we just exist for three months officially. Uh, and already we are in negotiations with one of European governments uh, to begin uh, uh, regulation of uh, Kratom over there. Mm. Wow. Like, I cannot disclose at the moment with which government, but I can say it in Central Eastern Europe. Okay, okay. Wow, that's so interesting. And you, so can you help clarify something for me? How, how does... How does being in the EU versus not being in the EU come into play here? Because it sounds like that Mm -hmm. has something to do with Kratom regulation in addition to countries individually. Mm -hmm. Okay, Uh, so let's say, no, I will try to make it sound very simple. Uh, European Union is kind of like our federal government. It's not really a government because EU is more of international institution. However, when it comes to the EU, uh, we have the rule of supremacy of uh, European law uh, over national law in a lot of different uh, domains. So basically, whenever something is being regulated by the European Union, that's about 60 to 70 percent of legislation of uh, member states uh, then basically when EU makes a decision about something 
uh, then uh, it's a blanket decision that covers the entire uh, territory of the European Union. And this is uh, apparently very important when it comes to you know, agri-food. Uh, so uh, agricultural products, food, and anything that is related to that. It's one of the exclusive for competences of European Union. Like, don't quote me on that because I am not sure over here 100%. But generally, when it comes to pharmaceuticals, agriculture, food, uh, European Union plays a very huge role in uh, regulating and legislating that next to uh, European governments. So European governments usually are the ones that are making the first decisions. Uh, individually when something doesn't come on uh, agenda of the European Commission. But eventually, whenever something is being regulated by European Commission, then it's essentially the same, say, like FDA would finally decide to regulate uh, Kraton in the United States. Mm-hmm. So basically, there wouldn't be much. Uh, to that what uh, uh, national government would want to say if they would want to oppose you know, the regulation. Okay, thanks for clearing that up. Um, I On your website, it says um, there's a lot of misinformation and misconception about Kratom around Europe. We spread the knowledge about Kratom and fight disinformation mm-hmm. about our beloved plant. We advocate for your right to consume Kratom safely and responsibly. Um, Mm -hmm. is what kind of, you know, like in the U S there are opponents of Kratom and proponents and Mm -hmm. not many, you know, it's become more of a a thing in the public eye recently, but, um, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I think a lot of the opponents of Kratom go by the information that our FDA puts out there and health and human services, which it doesn't really take into account like more recent research. It's all like old research with very big flaws in the mm-hmm. research and none of them reference the World Health Organization recent decision not to do the critical review process. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm interested to know, like in Europe, do you find that there's kind of a, a blindness to new information that's coming out about Kratom? Like uh, the places that keep it illegal, like do they not mm-hmm. want to, to have updated information or to consider it? Or is there an openness to considering, you know, taking off that that law on Kratom that might exist at the moment? Mm, Like over here, I cannot really give you a clear answer because the situation is very opaque uh, Mm. with this in that regard. Uh, Generally, when it comes to uh, European countries, the attitude uh, towards drugs or narcotics or any kind of substances that are thoroughly unknown uh, for the European government, the default mode is to ban it. So right. a lot of national bans uh, that we are dealing with uh, appeared at least like 10 or 11 years ago. For example, my home mm-hmm. country has banned nitrogenin uh, uh, somewhere around 2011 when it wasn't even known under uh, in Europe as such. Like it was a very underground uh, substance. Uh, still, kratom in Europe is fairly unknown. Like it's still not very mainstream substance. Uh, in certain countries, like let's say Netherlands or Belgium, um, Czech Republic, uh, where uh, laws are slightly more drug friendly, or say Spain or Portugal, uh, kratom slowly is becoming something fairly known. 
but uh, all usually the attitude of the countries that are very conservative about uh, drug-related policies is to just ban it without even listening to what's going on. Like we are hoping that eventually we will be able to uh, get the national regulator uh, uh, through United Nations uh, uh, Committee on uh, Drug Narcotics. So UN, uh, UNCND, that's the abbreviation. Certainly, all this alphabet, uh, alphabet uh, abbreviation of like different agencies are so complicated and very difficult to remember. So we are hoping that uh, eventually we will be able to not talk with some national regulations through UNCND. And uh, then we will get access directly to like different national uh, agencies. And through that, we will try also to lobby our way uh, into different national uh, decision makers. Okay, wow. Um, Do you, you know, you said that when the World Health Organization kind of took this up, which was around the time I started the podcast and the European Mm -hmm. Kratom Alliance started up, um, mm-hmm. You said that it was like chaos and nobody really knew what was going to happen. Um, yes, you know, it was a complete you, chaos. It was complete chaos. Like what, you know, what do you mean by that? And and how did it, you know, with their ultimate decision being not to do a critical review of it, you know, is uh, was that what you were expecting ultimately or was it really up in the air? Okay, uh, so generally before we started a European Kratom Alliance, uh, we uh, started with a very simple uh, website that I had put together literally in like two afternoons, uh, which was called kratomban.eu. Uh, you can uh, quickly check it. It's a very, very primitive and crude website. And this is eventually how we started uh, gathering like different people uh, to subscribe to our newsletter, uh, eventually, we ended up with something like 120 people who subscribed to the newsletter. But the problem is that, as I said, uh, European market is very fragmented. Vendors don't talk uh, to each other and they don't mm-hmm. know each other. Like the national border, uh, despite that in modern day Europe, or at least in the European Union, uh, crossing the border doesn't really feel like anything special. It's just like crossing state border, and then you notice that people uh, start talking like in different language. Mm-hmm. I live actually in a quite funny area because we are on border of three countries. Uh, if I go uh, four kilometers to the west, eventually I will end up in Belgium. And Belgium is a bilingual country. So depending on that, where I will exit in Belgium, people will be speaking either in Dutch uh, or in French. If I go to East, I'm going to Germany. And uh, in Germany, people speak German. Like here in Netherlands, also people speak Dutch. But then I live also in a city where pretty much 30% of our population doesn't speak Dutch and their uh, first language 
is English because of university and uh, a big amount of extracts. So it's definitely quite interesting environment over here. And uh, I would uh, use this to illustrate uh, the problem that we have uh, with different vendors in Europe. Because say we will have vendors who are based in Spain, uh, then we will have some vendors who are based in the Netherlands, uh, Germany, Austria, uh, Czech Republic, uh, or Hungary. And for example, uh, when uh, German and Austrian vendors will know about each other because of uh, common uh, language and common culture, uh, for example, Dutch vendors will have very bleak idea about what's happening in Germany and uh, vice versa. But then when it comes to Spain and the Czech Republic, they will be completely off the radar because well, the languages are just so different than where the most of Kratom is being sold. So mostly Germany and Netherlands. Uh, that uh, basically uh, it was, I think, maybe like three weeks ago uh, that we realized that there is a huge Kratom scene uh, happening in uh, Czech Republic and also until very recently in Slovakia. Wow. Wow. So many things that I've never thought about before. Um, is is there... So with that kind of lack of communication between vendors, um, I think that we... In the US, there's a number of vendors that pretty much all know each other or are aware of what they're doing mm-hmm. and, and um, mm-hmm. a few major ones, but there's a number of them. Um, with with that aspect going on in Europe, you know, are there is there a, a somewhat of a, a a cohesive kratom community, or is it kind of fragmented or dispersed? And this is kind of like the start of one. Because I mean, I could say that in the U.S., I didn't know of any kratom community before the U.S. tried to ban it in 2016, and then after that, it was like everyone stood up and said don't ban it and then they looked at each mm-hmm. other and were like oh we're all on the same page and that was kind of the mm-hmm. beginning of a community so yeah like over here i would say we're like six years behind you or maybe even eight uh, because generally mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, uh, kratom as i said uh, before it's not very known in europe mm-hmm. then we have these problems with language barriers cultural barriers so uh, generally uh, what we can do and we are trying to gather everybody like at the moment we are trying to gather as many vendors as we can and eventually later down the year we will be uh, negotiating what will be our uh, GMP formulation for Kratom we will try to come up with uh, some legislative proposals and legislative packages uh, in order to support legalization and regulation of Kratom in different European countries. But uh, basically, we are still a very small organization and uh, gathering people takes time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, that's a really fascinating thing to think about, um, the, the difference in situation with Kratom communities and I like that uh, yeah. uh, symbolism of being six to eight years behind. Is it uh, full of potential, though, too? Yeah. yeah, like there is a lot of potential happening over there. Like, mm, I will be honest, for me, uh, this is like a very big break in terms of career because mm. uh, before I was usually working on some different projects. 
And also, I was volunteering quite a lot uh, for different political organizations, uh, different uh, international youth movements. So I'm fairly accustomed of dealing with uh, high-level politicians and uh, being in, how we call it, uh, the salons of the elite. Yeah. I'm fairly accustomed with doing this sort of stuff. But this is pretty much first time when I have liberty uh, in terms of creation, uh, entire process, like how we are going to negotiate with the government. And it's a very big learning curve. Like, for example, when uh, we were preparing some uh, legislative proposals for Czech Republic, uh, I had to take three weeks uh, just to study about lobbying culture. Uh, in Czech Republic. Otherwise, uh, wow. our project could have just been derailed over there. Wow. And then also we are collaborating with our local uh, sister organization, which is uh, Czechoslovakian uh, uh, Kratom Association. Uh, they have formed literally two weeks ago. Wow. So we will be very much collaborating with them on the legislative proposals in uh, uh, Czech Republic and Slovakia. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm a policy nerd, so this is, I'm so excited to hear about all this and mm-hmm. it just sounds amazing. Um, what do you think the future of Kratom looks like in Europe and, and what, what would you like to see happen? You know, you could give it a time frame of like the next 10 years, the next 20, but but what, what would you like to see happen in, in the short term and long term? Okay, like basically anything for us that is long term will be even one year because we're not really sure what's going to happen within one year. Like right. it on like 27 uh, uh, different national governments and European Union at the same time uh, is a very difficult task. Like monitoring the legislation here, there and there uh, is fairly complicated and there are no uh, tools that allow actually for monitoring all of them. Like there are specific uh, monitoring tools for European Union and say for European Union, I am not very scared because with European Union, uh, this will take at least two to three years before uh, a Kratom will come on uh, their radar and uh, it will be also a little bit of time before they will start working on some legislation on that. So uh, by that time, we should be ready with like a complete legislation of, uh, package where we will be able to just propose to European institutions that, okay, this is what we want to do. This is the research that we have conducted. This is the newest science and also uh, as organization we try to collaborate with uh, a big number of scientists on uh, Kratom. So we always have like the uh, new, uh, new science available to us. Mm-hmm. We know what we're dealing with. But so uh, generally when it comes to monitoring like the national governments, that's a freaking nightmare because <laughs> there's a language barrier. You yeah. have to really uh, get somebody who knows the language or can understand the language. 
and then eventually once you uh, get to know what is the uh, situation over there then you have to map different stakeholders different organizations institutions uh, check who is in charge of the national drug policy and uh, so on and so on so basically like the first stage of preparing everything is already complicated and then entering negotiations well we're gonna see how it will go because uh, uh, honestly i have no clue uh, how it's gonna work <laughs> so it's really difficult to predict for me uh, at this stage uh, what will happen to kratom like we hope that our first two legislation uh, we we will have like two legislative uh, uh, project proposals uh, in central europe so we are hoping that this will eventually work out and then eventually in year one uh, we will try to overturn one of the uh, prohibitions that happened a long time ago in one of the bigger european countries also i should mention that so except european union we also plan to cover united kingdom which is not really part of the eu anymore but because it's a big market or potentially big market we definitely also want to enter over there yeah that that's an important distinction to make because i know that on a lot of forums that i see online when people are talking about kratom so many people are in the uk and uh mm-hmm. so i can imagine the market there is untapped it's pretty large um and you know i think is there a way that people can can contribute to the european kratom alliance is there a way people can donate um i certainly want to boost that so i want to share a link if there is one uh, mm-hmm. if there is uh, we're still working on that okay like we're still working on that now this has to do with our legal situation we are a non-profit that is registered in the netherlands hmm. However, Netherlands has a very strong um, money anti-laundering rules. Oh. So, whereas opening a bank account for a private person or a regular company takes literally seconds, we have to go through the scrutinous uh, process of being checked uh, for every single potential thing before eventually uh, bank. Uh, will grant us a bank account. So um, I believe now we are in like uh, four or fifth week of waiting for uh, a proper bank account, which is really insane. And um, uh, I can say that on the air, it completely drives me nuts because I have <laughs> not expected that kind of obstacle coming from uh, uh, just bureaucracy of the bank. Like I was expecting that, say, government will be more problematic uh, than banks, who usually are very glad to take somebody's money. Yeah, yeah. you would think, and you're a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like this is really insane. I don't really understand what's going on over here, <laughs> but uh, this is my problem right now to deal with it. <laughs> well, once you have that figured out reach out to me we'll get the link out there and want people to support this um i will uh, be very happy to yeah 
Is there anything else? Like, is there anything that we should be looking out for? It sounds like we should be um, uh, waiting and hoping, crossing our fingers about these first two pieces of legislation that you, that you're talking about. Is that what we should be yes. looking for? In the, in the yes, future? like this is pretty much the uh, first thing that uh, we should be looking for because okay. uh, within first six months, so like I believe. Uh, by the end of June, maybe end of July, uh, we want to have Kratom uh, 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 fully legalized and regulated uh, in one country. And then in second country, we want to overturn uh, recent prohibition uh, with similar uh, legislation uh, package uh, that we are currently working on. So depending on that, what's going to happen, we will definitely uh, try to uh, deal with this sort of stuff. And once uh, this is uh, done, we will definitely go full steam ahead and start expanding because still as organization, we are fairly small. Like our team is literally less than five people uh, currently. And I am pretty much a person who is in charge of uh, doing entire legislation package, uh, doing research, uh, talking with uh, different governments, preparing this, that, brokering different connections. Uh, Also, I am the one who is in charge with uh, American Cretan Association. So uh, say I have my hands full with everything. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like it. Wow. Well, I, I... yeah. You know, uh, like Kennedy said, we're not doing this because it's easy, but we're doing this because it's difficult. Good quote. Good quote. Um, definitely. And it's it's worthwhile work and you're doing it. And that's it's amazing. And I think that everyone should look out and definitely support you when they can. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk. Uh, oh, with me today. it's my pleasure. It's great to have you on. And uh, maybe we can do it again sometime soon. Uh, uh, get Hopefully. an update from you. Yes, like I will be very happy to update you uh, once uh, we are pretty much fully set up and uh, we will have our first successes on our account. Then we will be very happy uh, to talk about that. But maybe also we should circle back a little bit to the decision of WHO because I believe I forgot to go speak about that. So generally when it comes to the decision of WHO and then not starting uh, the critical review process, this is something that uh, across the board, everybody is very happy about. Mm. Uh, Also, we pretty much knew about this uh, before American Cotton Association, which uh, is very uh, funny because I would expect that Mac Haddo, who is a person with over 40 years of experience in like public policy and uh, generally dealing with like state government, federal government, etc., would have his fingers already at the UN and would be able to uh, get this information beforehand. So I remember just calling him and uh, saying, hey, Max, listen, uh, there is a decision of WHO and it's good. We don't have to be afraid of anything uh, for at least the next two years. <laughs> wow. Wait, are you, you're the person who told Mac Haddow? Uh, yeah. Oh also, my gosh. <laughs> uh, 
Also, if uh, you've been following uh, uh, Kratom subreddit, uh, mm-hmm. I was the person who uh, has uh, published the uh, 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 results of the review. Oh, really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, wow. like I'm doing quite a lot of covered stuff. <laughs> I had no idea I was meeting with a celebrity today. This is great. Oh, I didn't <laughs> even know that I was a celebrity. Oh, you are. Well, now. I know that I am. A, I am a meme in certain countries, but <laughs> that's the reason for probably off-the-record conversation. <laughs> well, I definitely got to hear about that on personal time. Um, so, yeah, Kuk, thank yeah, you but... so much for for taking the time. This has just been great, and let's do it again. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jamie. Thank you for hosting, and I hope to speak to you soon. Yeah, definitely. And a big thank you to everybody out there who listened into this conversation today with Yakup from the European Kratom Alliance. We definitely have to have him back again. And if you want to follow the European Kratom Alliance and sign up for their newsletter, you can visit their website at eka.eu. And on a separate note, if you want to get a discount off of Kratom products at Ethan Natural Botanicals, you can visit their website with the special link in the description of this podcast or use the coupon code everything kratom okay everybody that's gonna do it for the week it's the weekend uh everybody take care stay safe out there have a good weekend and uh as always we'll be back on monday all right take it easy everybody bye bye